0: Listening to the OHL in sixty podcast. My name is reese Baini, along with Colin Ward. We are now down to two. The OHL Championship Series is all ready to go, with Game One coming at Budweiser Garden, seven o'clock start on Thursday, May eleventh. Of course, this episode debuting the afternoon of Game Number One. The Peterborough Pete's and London Knights will meet in the OHL Championship Series on the line, well, the J. Ross Robertson, and, of course, the trip to the Memorial Cup. These two teams, of course, uh, you're looking at a rematch of 2006. Uh, Of course, the London Knights following the best season, you could say, of all time uh, in the Canadian Hockey League, the best team of all time in Canadian Hockey League history, and Colin Ward, I, I don't think anybody is going to be disappointed um, by this year's edition of the OHL Championship Series.
1: Yeah, this year's OHL Championship Series gonna be an incredible. Race. I mean, you look at this, you look at the final two. Peterborough loaded up at the deadline. You saw what they brought in—elite um, the talent, right? Avery Hayes, Gavin White, um, Brandon Othman, and also back and back. I mean. They gave up a lot to get back, but he's a valuable player to that team. And then they already had a lot of character there. And this team learned a lot last year in that first round race. So we talked uh, on Wednesday afternoon about this before the recording here. And we talked about how much that team learned from that Hamilton series. That Hamilton series was a top five team in my lifetime, 1998. Yeah. Born. Um, I would say that Hamilton team is probably in the top five all time. I mean, you look at the players in the NHL, you look at five players in this championship and how big of a role they are. Ryan Humphrey – Ryan Winterton and uh, George Diaco on the London side of things. Then you look at the Peterborough side, Gavin White, Avery Hayes. London isn't in the finals if it's not for those three. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about trade deadlines too. So both these teams approach their trade deadline, how these teams had to approach the trade deadline. Remember all that crap about Shane Wright going to London? That might be the mm-hmm. sometimes the move. And you see this every year. You see the team that makes the best move in um keeps their picks and does what they feel like knows their roster and i mean not a lot of gms know their roster more than mark hunter does around the ontario hockey league i mean he's an, he should he's an NHL general manager at the OHL level no no doubts about that everybody knows that around the Ontario Hockey League say what you want about the London Knights I mean obviously a lot of people hate the London Knights but the London Knights are the London Knights for a reason and everyone hates them because they do things right. They are always good. Nobody likes the winner. Nobody likes the winning. Yeah. And that's what London does. And they've broken a lot of teams' hearts around the league. And you're seeing that in North Bay as well. Props to them on a good run. Absolutely gutted for them back-to-back years, losing the Eastern Conference Final. But when you look at these two teams and you look at this run so far for both these teams and how good that Hamilton Bulldogs team was last year, Ryan Humphrey, Ryan Winterton, and George Diakle, the master for this London Knights team. Um mm-hmm. And it's just Mark Hunter knowing his roster, knowing what they had to do to win – and he's and he had a perfect deadline, right? Because if you look at the Shane – if you look at they make that Shane Wright move and no chance to trade Oliver Bonk. Oliver Bonk wasn't even on the trade list. Oliver Bonk was playing that day. So back in Sault Ste. Marie, I remember that day. You look at the lineup and Oliver Bonk's in the lineup. That was a psych. Um, that was false information there. But um you can't do that. And the reason why the London Knights are always good – they don't make those moves. They never trade their young players. London Knights will never trade more than one player at a time. Like when you look at that, when you look at London, when they had Sahil Panwar, Luke Evangelista, and Antonio in the first with their first three picks in that draft, as those guys are all overage now or have graduated from the interior hockey League. But when you look at that, they didn't trade them until they had to make the decision with Sahil Panwar. But they let those guys develop. London could have traded Antonio Strano that year. They could have traded Luke Evangelista that year in 2019, at 20 with COVID during the COVID year. They could have made that move, but they didn't. And it's just how it's just how you develop. Um, and they stick to their prospects. They develop, and they're consistently good. Peterborough, on the other hand, this year he's the, I mean, Peterborough has probably the most pressure in the Eastern Conference to win. I think coming into the playoffs, we both admitted like those that team has the most pressure to win. that am Sarnia because you're going to see a lot of bleak times um, down the stretch. And when you see a team like Peterborough with the moves they made, that team's just peaking at the right time. Um, kind of a little bit of a decoy. You see all these guys on social media, with no names. Um, who we always go at, but I mean they're not really worth the time. They don't have a name on Twitter um, or on social media. So who are you? But when you look at a when you look around, no one gave Peterborough credit. Um, well, and and, and I'm one coaching. of them. Coaching,
0: not gonna me lie, I, I was one of them that was like, "Well, me too." I the to team them. isn't playing nearly well enough to do any damage in the playoffs. They are not clicking as a unit. They're not. Well, they weren't play playing the past. as one. They're they're yeah. gonna. And it, it, we're not saying that we had them out in the first round because it's tough to say that this team would lose in a first round playoff series. It's and, this team is a well championship roster. Yeah, and you saw how well they took care of Sudbury. I think any team you know, really the Bulldogs were that one team that could have been in that position to give them a little bit of trouble. But even then, you look at the Peterborough roster, 10 times better than what Hamilton had on paper, of course. But um mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'll be one to fully admit that I was wrong with the Peets. I'll, I'll take a hit on that, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I, you you said it. They're peaking at the right time. It's um, all they're is. playing their best hockey at the right okay. time. And, you know, it you know, couldn't have worked out better, right? You go down Noah. 3-2. Uh, to the North Bay Battalion, fully expecting North Bay to take the momentum out of that Game Five, heading into the game PMC and walk unreal, away yeah. with the Bobby Orr Trophy. Oh. Nah, Peterborough had other plans. They took advantage oh, of a sellout crowd at the PMC um, and then got the job done in Game seven. And you saw so.
1: Avery hit; you score that goal before a one-timer in overtime. Yeah. I mean, that looks awfully familiar exactly. if coming to um, yeah, for coming the Bulldogs. But sure. yeah, very. Very good but, series. And that was a tight series. That was, was one of those series where both teams should have won. Both teams yeah. should be in the final, but obviously Absolutely. one team had to lose. Um, But that was a really good series. And like we mentioned at the top, they learned a lot from that uh, first round exit last year to Hamilton in that mm-hmm. first round. They put they played tough against Hamilton. That was the toughest that was the most physically demanding series, I would say, out of the first three for the Bulldogs. I mean, that yep. was like a ufc fight every Absolutely. game. It was almost overboard in a sense. But I just want to give props to the Sean Spearing. Um, game seven, blocked three shots in the first seven minutes, two of his face. Um, he was sent to the hospital. Wasn't in the celebration. You, know, you saw the Pete Savage jersey there. Um, Post game Prescott. you saw Rob Wilson. You heard Rob Wilson give the shout out to Sean Spearing. Give the update to Sean about Sean Spearing. Um, hope everything's okay there. But I just want to give him a shout out because that's huge to see your captain. Put everything on the line like that. And it shows how much these kids care, um, how much these guys actually care. I mean, and that's the best part of junior hockey because there's no money in it. There's no million dollar players, right? You're playing for the love of the game. You're playing for your team, and you're playing for your hockey career every game. Yeah. At one one. Free, the thing about junior hockey is, because I think that's why you love the OHL so much because when you watch a game, just one game could change a guy's career. Bad if, I mean. Obviously, you hope no injuries don't happen, but one thing you know an injury could happen, and it's over just like that. It's a tragic. It's it's terrible. It's terrible, and then but then the opposite side comes. Let's say you have a scout that comes to a game, and a guy's on the third or fourth line. He has a big game. All of a sudden, I'm going to watch that guy, and then all of a sudden he turns into Luke Evangelista and he's playing on Nashville. Like, yeah. got like it's just crazy to show. Like that's the best part with the OHL. It's crazy to see how guys change and how games elevate and evolve their junior career and how the margin for of air is so slim, you were never going to see a Connor McDavid again in the Ontario Hockey League. When like you're never going to see a Connor Bedard in the Western Hockey League again. In, enjoy that, enjoy that because you are never going to see that. It is very hard to see that. When was the
0: the queue has been even, be, even since
1: Sidney Crosby?
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that. When, when's the next time you're going to be a, sit, see a Sidney Crosby? Yeah, McKinnon, yeah, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, you could look at him, but I mean, it, yeah, it's very those Cole Harbour kids. They're weird. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, like yeah, no, that that's a great point, Colin. And I mean, if we look at a couple, well, actually, you can say five former um, Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, you know, we're looking at multiple repeating his back-to-back champs um whether yeah. it be gavin white avery hayes on the peats whether it be uh ryan humphrey ryan winterton and george diaco with the knights um not that they're connor mcdavid not that they're connor bedard not that they're Sidney crosby or nathan mckinnon but but i think a lot has to be put into the thought of repeat champions and yeah. who has done it twice in their ohl career it's very rare um, um, team. Obviously, a little bit, yeah, a little bit easier on on different teams, but then you go back to the 0-9 and 2010 Windsor Spitfires. Um, that wasn't even fair. 12-13 so. nights. 12-13 nights.
1: Fourteen yeah. hosting the Mem Cup. The yeah. hosts there, golf was loaded that year when they hosted the Mem Cup. But you think about it, right? The year they lost, the London Knights in 2012 lost to Schwenigan, Andreas mm-hmm. Athanasiu in the finals back to back years because he gets drafted and then mm-hmm. gets traded to Barry. And then that Bo Horvath goal with point ten to the second left, which might be the craziest goal in OHL history. Like, you'll never see that again.
0: And a memorable um, call from Mike Stubbs. That,
1: yeah, that's the best call time in my lifetime. That, I mean, bias, he, he's one of our boys, but Reed Duffy's with put Bobby on the bus. Um, yeah. was chilled I was That's talking good. about that. This, I was talking about that Wednesday morning, actually, Man. about uh, Reed's call, and I was thinking last year because I saw on my phone get like, you know, all the memories from last year's uh, playoff run for the Bulldogs. You right? being around the mm-hmm. team, and I had one come up, and it was after the Mississauga game um, in Game Four when Robert Jack I scored the OT winner in Mississauga, and all you, and all you hear in the arena, it's Reed Duffy, Um Duffy the, the sheriff blows off the doors in the saloon, like the calls, like. Yeah, it's so cool like this time of the year you have you have players that make their mark and come out but you also have broadcasters that really have their trademark or have their coming out with the quotes yeah. because it's such an opportunity and Mike Stubbs is a legendary commentator I mean he's, brought, he's the he's honestly he's my favorite cuz I grew up listening to him um in the Ontario Hockey League I mean everyone knows Mike Stubbs classy guy really good guy mm-hmm. um and like always has a story and um, it's really cool to listen to him. And I mean, it's really, it's going to be really cool to see this finals here starting tonight yeah. um, and uh, hear the broadcast because this is the best time um, to listen to radio calls and listen to the LHL because you hear, uh, I mean, every game is, but this time, especially you see the intensity from the broadcast. And I mean, it, it's not hard to get into it as a broadcast. Broad, yeah. When you're broadcast, when you do doing when you're calling games in the regular season, you can sleepwalk for yourself. But this is where this is where legends are made in the playoffs for broadcasters as well. So it's exciting to see what happens here um, in the finals. Yeah, definitely. It's fun to hear.
0: Yeah. Well, and even thinking back to the likes of, of the great Don Cameron, the late great Don yes. Cameron, I remember um, listening to him um, yes. quite a bit back in the day. I mean, the Beller and Windsor has been doing it forever Um, from the time that I was going to games at the barn. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's just awesome and it's funny I saw a memory come up uh the Detroit Red Wings shared it on this day I yeah remember, I can't remember what year it was but at the Anaheim Ducks in game six 2013 a great call, um from Ken Daniels Hendrik Zetterberg with a slap shot beats um this is a famous yep. name for everybody really? Jonas Hiller uh, I remember that with series, that solid seven. black mask he yeah and the, just the call from Ken Daniels um on that Zetterberg goal was um one that was memorable that for bumps. us for sure so Um, Yeah, we'll we'll break down the OHL final, and we'll we'll do it the same way as last year. If everyone was wondering what the heck was going on with the delay in the show, um, we just felt as it was going on, A, Cullen went on vacation, so it's his fault, partially, (laughs) but no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would have set up. No, no, it's fine. Um, But uh, we thought it might be better to just wait till they're both over. We'll break down the conference finals, and then um, we'll do the same with the OHL finals. Once that series is over, uh, we'll look back on it on a whole look ahead to the Memorial Cup. Once the Memorial Cup's over, we'll then look back on the OHL season and kind of do our season wrap-up show um, yeah. once that is done. So that's kind of the way the next few weeks are going to go. Um, but let's get into some news and notes around the Ontario Hockey League. Some um, we're going to love talking about, um, and some we're not. Okay, one <laughs> But um, uh, to start off, I mean, we're, we're starting to see awards handed out um in the ontario hockey league we'll start with ohl defenseman of the year from the ottawa 67s of course spending half the season in saginaw half the season in ottawa uh pavel minchikov taking home the max kaminsky trophy as ohl uh, defenseman of the year uh also in Owen sound they will be on the hunt for a new associate coach jordan hill has stepped down uh, from his role with the team due to family reasons so we just want to um Give him a shout-out, and uh, um, good luck in the future wherever you end up, Jordan. Yeah. I just want to start there. Of course, we're seeing all the first-round picks commit uh, yeah, from the OHL ones. priority selection. So, I mean, Development camps to, as well. Yeah, if you want to have a read-up on, uh, uh, on all of those prospects, of course, the OHL website has you covered for all um, of that um, awesome stuff. Uh, I got one. OHL, I'll get through this, and then – Feel free to throw it out. Yep. Um, And we're looking at last week, of course, uh, OHL Player of the Week, Ryan Winterton of the London Knights. And I'd say it's pretty safe to say that at times he took over that Western Conference final um, with his shot, his speed, his awareness. um, Just just an all-around phenomenal player. Five goals, one assist. He had six points in four games. He was also a plus-five um last week helping the london knights eliminate the sarnia sting in six games and goaltender of the week last week from the north bay battalion dom divincentis i mean best goaltender throughout the entire ohl season yeah. i think colin you're in agreement with that uh, yeah. a lot of people around the league um would agree with that he was two and two uh last week a goals against average of 2.75 and a save percentage of 927. So just want to give a shout out to him and can't wait to see him come back um, next year. And I'm sure we're going to see him get an opportunity at least to attend camp with team Canada, getting ready for the world juniors next year. So that should definitely be exciting. Colin, what do you got for a headline?
1: Yeah. So I know there's something coming through here about uh Ben Dojo, goaltender for the Sarnia and This is a big, big point here coming up to the draft. He will not be signing with the San Jose Sharks. So he will be re-entering the NHL draft. Ben Godreau, Team Canada, one of the top goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League this year, had a very good playoff for the Sarnia Sting. Do you think there's any chance he comes back to the Ontario Hockey League next year? There's no way now.
0: That he's not signing? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. In fact, 100% the draft, Re-enters the draft. They'll have NHL eligibility. But usually when a guy re-enters the draft like that, you know, maybe it's a path because I thought San, I thought, uh, San Jose had go had go up in the pipeline. Like I thought he was up there. So did I. I thought he would be closer. I'm very shocked in this move by the San Jose Sharks to deal they not done on the entry level deal. So he's coming. He's re-entering the draft. So we'll see what happens here. But I just imagine like there's an opportunity yeah. where uh, the door is kind of open still. For ben Godro to come back. So yeah. that's I'm just putting that out there because it kind of with that. I mean, we saw Gavin White come back to Hamilton this year. So just wondering, like maybe sorry, there's a move coming there too as well. Maybe right you get mm-hmm. Gojro back and then you can try to sell for the future because they gave up a lot. But yeah. Just an interesting uh it's an interesting uh, situation here that's coming down the out on the wire here. Um, in the last few minutes. So interesting. Um and we will see uh, what happens at the draft. I mean, you look at the goaltenders in the draft. I mean, where Gojo would rank, he'd definitely be up in c- consideration for being a top-five goaltender in the draft. Mm-hmm. So we will see. But reentries through the draft can not, sometimes aren't too kind. So we'll see what happens. But um, most definitely exciting uh, to see what happens with Gojo in the draft. That would definitely be an intriguing uh, pick for whatever team takes him.
0: Absolutely. Uh, continuing with the headlines, uh, this one – A few days ago, about five days ago. um, The OHL's top first-year player. I think this one was going to be pretty obvious. Michael Misa of the Saginaw spirit. He was phenomenal um, in his rookie campaign. So just give a shout-out to him. And he's getting ready to be a part of a Memorial Cup uh, next year. And it should be very exciting for the entire, not just OHL, but the Canadian Hockey League, uh, to see him in his sophomore campaign and see him compete For a Memorial Cup championship, of course, the OHL championship comes first. But uh, um, a lot of a lot of plans going into into that big tournament. It's going to be held in Saginaw, Michigan. All right. um, Those are kind of the major headlines that we were really interested in talking about. I kind of got a big Um, one actually. All right, Colin Ward. Before we get to some other news,
1: well, kind of big. I mean, just for viewers and listeners. Um, reminders that yes, the game will still be on CHL TV, but TSN will be carrying games three to game seven. So they are finally no time. covering junior hockey this year. Yeah, so from games three to game seven will be a TSN game and nationally broadcast. So just so everyone knows and aware of that, because I mean there hasn't been a lot of call games this year. I think this year is worse than last year. Last I year we agree. saw some regular. Last year we saw some regular season games. This year we haven't. Um. So it's interesting to see but that I'm just going to throw that out there that games 3 to game 7 will be on TSN this year
0: so kind of um, kind of ma- kind of makes you miss the CHL Saturday showcase on Sportsnet same RJ Broadhead and Sam Cosentino Rob Falls at ice level
1: Saturday afternoons or the oh, Friday night games there yeah. Friday night, you know, it's always special when you go to Friday night game in Kitchener or London, okay. like for me yeah, you know, with night's tickets like, you know, it's always Not that we enjoy
0: three commercial breaks a period I for junior it. hockey but it. that's just the price you pay for, you know, what Sportsnet put together, a really good product um, I would Very say, true. I remember Broadca- yeah, the yeah, Rivalries, yeah,
1: yeah. the Men's Cup videos as well, the Men's mm-hmm. Cup Arrival videos, like the braids and stuff the coverage for that was incredible
0: yeah, yeah. I remember having a conversation with RJ Broadhead in Sarnia in 2018 when the Canada Russia series was still a thing. The fall of 2018, um, took a road trip down to, uh, to Sarnia with my then uh, boss at the time, Jordan, um, because Ben Jones was participating in the uh, Canada Russia series and chatted with RJ Broadhead, um, both on a, you know, on a personal level, as well as for a, for a school project. I, I interviewed him for a school project nice. in a third year college. So, um and yeah, you can tell he had tons of passion. You could tell that uh, it was something that he really enjoyed. He was, he was all in for junior hockey, of course. And, you know, he'd get the odd call up to the NHL, of course, but I think his bread and butter was junior hockey. and he, I think a, a lot of CHL fans sort of miss that, you know, that's coverage that, was maybe not underappreciated because it was so stretched apart, like that we would see games, and it wouldn't start right away at the start of the year; it'd be about a month yeah. behind. But still, you to know, the CHL Saturday it. Showcase. You knew that. Um, we saw a long duration there, of it. Yeah, exactly, and just we're not seeing that with TSN, and I mean, it's unfortunate. How, how many times have we game. said? How many times have we said that? Uh, Toronto and Canada really isn't a hockey country. It's an NHL country. They still call it the Toronto Sports Network instead of the Sports Network TSN. Well, so. they did that Calgary. Um, they
1: did the Regina game in Calgary because it's not a
0: Matic. man. If, you don't, did, if they don't do that, yeah, we got, we got to cancel that partnership.
1: Oh um, yeah, I wouldn't sold out there, nineteen thousand for Bernard. Yeah, like you got to do that. But,
0: but um, yeah, and, it's been quiet this year. I think know. we've had that TSN conversation more than once, so we're not going to get into it. Yeah, uh, too hey, much.
1: I have a. I have a question for you, and I know, and I know this is not going to happen. This is never going to happen, but I know that people that listen to the show, you might we might get a couple messages for this directly. Um, let us know what you think. But what do you think? I had a random thought today, and you always have random thoughts about how the league could grow. Can you imagine if they did an NC? So we used to have the Canada Russia series. Do you imagine a CHL Russia game or CHL and not Russia CHL and NCAA game? The top college in the states put a roster together. and the top CHL teams, put a roster together. So CHL versus mm. the NCAA. You imagine for recruitment, you see all these guys from Ontario that recruit to like Michigan and stuff. Like the recruit to Michigan yeah. and um, other and other than NCAA schools as well. Yeah, you but, see
0: a game. You see a game featuring Adam Fantilli versus Connor Bedard.
1: Like. Like I just think like it would be incredible like for the game to grow the game because I think it's one of those things I, now that the Canada Russia series is no longer a thing. You yeah. always think there's all every single junior hockey fan in Canada, and I'm sure in this in the states, the college hockey fans. I'm sure in the back of their mind, you always think, "What's the be- what's better? What's better?" So, could you imagine the top junior age players in the NCAA in mm-hmm. the top CHL players? an all-star team it would be but that uh, would be such a comp- that would
0: be that'd th- be compelling to watch i yeah. would watch that I, I i think it may have more of a shot to happen with the ushl yes. um which i mean we, we're not going to call ourselves ushl um, yeah. experts but um yeah i think Maybe i think it has a better shot for that but i like that idea um, you know, you're probably looking at an NCAA roster that includes a lot of players from Michigan, a lot of players from Minnesota, a lot of players from BU, B uh, Boston College. North Dakota. Uh, yeah, North Dakota. Um, maybe an Ohio State guy if we want, to, want to lose that year. But uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Steve Halliday, man, he's got rights in the Canadian Hockey League um, yeah. <laughs> to, to the next organization we're actually going to talk about. So that was actually a good segue. You planned that, didn't you, Warrior? Um absolutely yeah for the uh you could say for the third time um in the last three to five years um uh, the hammer has come down on the Niagara Ice Dogs. Um this being probably the harshest I would I would say yeah, all been um, bad. Yeah, and if anybody missed it, A did were you on vacation with Warty? Uh, hey, I even or knew, were we hey, under a rock? I, but Colin yeah, but knew, knew it about was it, coming. so obviously... I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so essentially, uh, we're looking at violations of the maltreatment, bullying, and harassment protection and prevention policy and the code of conduct uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. We're, we're looking at uh, a couple of players being involved. Of course, team governor, owner, general manager, Darren DeDobbler, Um, violating the confidentiality directive of the league. And the following penalties had been handed down. Um, The team is fined $100,000. They will forfeit their 2024 um, OHL priority selection draft pick in the first round. Well, I worded that awfully, um, but oh well. Um, effective immediately Darren De Dobler suspended from acting as a team general manager but of course he still is the uh, uh the owner of the team so he will continue in that role and Niagara Ice Dogs goaltender Joshua Rosenswag and captain Landon Cato have permanently lost their privilege to participate in the Ontario Hockey League um, where do you want to start Colin um uh, this I mean, is abs- this- i just
1: want to mention this is absolute Crap! I'm just gonna say it. Um, there's no place. You, you to be were, you were thinking
0: this. if you could say BS in the full yes. word or not? I can yeah. tell.
1: Yeah, but this is this is absolute crap. Um, this is an absolute travesty for the game. Um, this is something that should not be happening. It's something that happened throughout the year, um, and it's just. It's baffling to see how this crap continues to go throughout the league. Like this is like it's terrible. Like who in the who in the right mind would send their fifteen-year-old kid to that crap show? Who would do that? Like it's there's a lot more that's probably going to come out too. Once the suspensions, uh, once the appeals officially denied,
0: yeah,
1: it's going to be there's going to be a lot more to come out from that, but. The Niagara Ice Dogs, and I've said this millions of times off there when I talk about the Niagara Ice Dogs, and i mentioned this before on the show. I have zero expectations for them next year. I my ranking right now for them next year is dead last by a mile for the fifth straight year, whatever it's been. But my ranking for them as fourth, COVID. 2023
0: but there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of expectations going into that year anyways even and that was another bad
1: and that was another bad year (laughs) so uh that went to the party too more the merrier um it's like dollar ramming i I, invite you gonna get two for four right
0: yeah i and i think we're, we're not ones to go after players personally um we don't exactly know the specific events that happened we don't know exactly all the stories that took place you know all the um, yeah, what the investigators did. all found out, we have absolutely no idea. So for anyone who wants to reach out to us and yell at us for commenting and talking about it and thinking that we know nothing, you're right. We know nothing except yeah. what the league has told us in their press release. We have no idea what actually happened between, uh, Rosenzweig, Cato and the rest of the, their teammates. Um, but I, but, it, but I think what you can look so at—you don't get suspended for life or nothing, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and when
1: you see it, the headline,
0: it, it just—it has. You can kind of see that this still might be a carryover from the Burks. Um, you know that that situation I think is still very relevant around the Niagara Ice Dogs franchise. Well, um, they're a mess organization. It's like, it, like they 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 still haven't moved on, and I mean, and it didn't help how they went last off
1: season, dude. No card, only one card. Yeah, that's the deadline.
0: that's like I I think we, we've talked about this numerous times, Colin. I I think there had to be a realization from the ownership group coming in from the front office, the coaching staff, when there is an ownership change, and I mean, not all the time in professional sports, but a lot you, of the time in junior hockey, you should expect to suck like, like hey. that like being horribly blunt sorry everybody but you should expect to suck for two to three years yeah, that should win. be a realistic expectation for the Niagara Ice Dogs franchise and again we thought they would have been a decent team with the moves they made before the year we actually had them as a playoff team not top four but I think you could look at it as a team squeaking in the seven or eight spot yeah that worked out well Um so but I think they came in with too high of expectations. Uh, they were just riding on too big of a high. They tried to win right away. The, the team was garbage when the Burks got rid of them. They were It was an awful team. They weren't competitive at all. And it just continued on into this season. There had to be the realization that they were probably going to suck because you had to create a new culture. You had to move players out and bring new guys in to create a new culture around the team, a new direction for the franchise.
1: You know we what didn't they did? Miss
0: that that didn't happen at all. Or you didn't get rid rid of the right players. No, Look at it either what, way.
1: You know what you did? You had a half. You tried to build a Ferrari, and you built. You had a half built Ferrari, but you ended up getting a beater vehicle, and that's Ford what ended focus. up happening.
0: <laughs> board focus, with you focus. Out rockers
1: yeah you ended up getting uh hunk of junk you could say this um it was a good honestly it i get it like like you mentioned you get an ownership change and one thing they did have picks going in now they're all gone <laughs> you yeah, know no, that, that lasted yeah. back. but they did acquire picks at deadlines which the previous ownerships leading up to the ownership change, they acquired picks, which is good for ownership. Mm -hmm. But you go out and then you you sell the team, and then you acquire guys that are veteran guys around the league, and you're giving up picks. You see this pick go, and you see this pick go. Then all of a sudden, you're trading a 17-year-old goaltender to Windsor. Not mentioning any names, but everyone knows who's reading the room. Yeah. That makes zero sense. You have a goalie there. You have a goalie there from what we have saw has a terrible personality. I'm just going to say that right And now. has
0: looked disinterested throughout a lot of the year. Yes. Um. I, I, yes. I was at that last game against Sarnia. But not, yes. not that I was giving any shot for the Ice Dogs to win and expect Sarnia to sit everybody, because they really didn't sit a whole lot of guys in that game. No, it was a competitive roster. Um, he had no interest in being on the ice. Um, yeah. He once he got pulled, he wanted to leave, wanted no part of being a part of the Ontario Hockey League, being a part of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Um, I that that's a guy that I I don't know how you can't see those qualities right away. We did, yeah,
1: Yeah, we we weren't
0: around the team, we knew people around the team, but we didn't know the guy personally. But like you said, throughout the year, a, a guy that seemed disinterested, a guy that would you say yeah. that he was qualified to be playing in the league? I think at times you can kind of question that as and well, but again, we're it I, hard I, to judge I, we're, that we're not attacking general. these players. We're just nitpick, observing. Yeah. It's it's it is what I saw what I saw in that final game against Sarnia. I think a lot of people saw what they saw. Um and understand what they saw in in a player that had no interest in being a Niagara ice dog or being in the OHL. And then another guy who really didn't play at all yeah. this past season just due to injury. Of course, that happens. But um, I, I think it makes it a lot worse when he's the captain you know what? of the team. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, fool, you know and fooled me. Um, fools you for sure. Yeah. Um, I want to mention this. I'm going to put on my GM hat, though. If I'm General Manager and I come in next, last year at the ownership, I am trading. I'm going in there and I'm making, I'm doing my diligence on every player that I have on that roster. And I'm trying to get younger and competitive with a, with my coaching staff and have a system in place. And we saw that with the Hamilton Bulldogs firsthand, Nick Lardis came over and bursted onto the seat. Obviously Hamilton with their system, I mean, you're not going to get much. There's not a lot of coaches better than hammer in the junior hockey industry. But when you see, when you see the other teams, when you rebuild ownership changes management changes you see these teams that rebuild and it's on the fly these teams if I'm Niagara I am trading every single player that, I don't, that I'm not certain about that's young I'm keeping them but I'm trading all my veteran players that I'm not sure about I'm trading them I'm mm-hmm. getting picks I'm getting young players and I'm giving them the opportunity who was Reese who was the best who was the ice Dogs best forward last year and I think we'll agree on this. Want me to say it?
0: Their their best forward was Kevin He. Kevin He wasn't even it wasn't even close. And how
1: old was he last year?
0: He was a rookie sixteen year old in the league, and he was so their best not? forward. Was not even close. Like so it wasn't why, close.
1: So why not? Why not do that last year? Their best forward was a 16 year old. So why not go load up with 17 year olds and have their three yeah. 16 year olds? Why not do that? I and, think and,
0: that. And remember, at the start of the year, you're talking a team that has Kevin He a part of it. Not that anybody expected to do what he did, but I mean, you look at what he did do, chances. and you're, you're thinking that, oh my God, this has the potential to be a really good player in this league. You start the year with Panophemus too,
1: yeah, like yeah, and that situation too, right? Like, I wonder if there was more to the situation than there actually was throughout the, the year. We're gonna find been. a lot of sure. again. We'll, we'll get messages from people around the league that we talk to regularly and like give it about behind-the-scenes things. And then, you know, we'll get messages after this segment. And it's going to be interesting to talk about stuff because right now, there's no way you're sending your 15-year-old kid there. And even though they have three commitments, congratulations to them, by the way. But I think, honestly, the best move for the Ice Dogs would be the suspension to be general manager. I honestly... the If... If they do outside hire a general manager and they hire an actual general manager, they don't go in house. They go in house. I don't think much is going to change. But if they actually they will hire continue general to man-
0: see people bashing them on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah. It should be bad because that's a logical move for the ice dogs. I mean, it's yeah. not logical for other people. I mean, I don't agree with it, but for what the ice dogs have done, that's the move. You know who it is. I'm not going to mention the person, but you know who the general manager is going to be named. Everyone knows that, yeah. kind of. But I think if you're the ice dogs, it's not the right move, obviously. And I think the move is that you go out and you get a general manager and you build something and you give all the trust in the world to this general manager who's been around the Ontario Hockey League. You get an older guy that's a general manager and you get someone who has experience in the Ontario Hockey League or the CHL for that matter, and you build something here. You give them all the trust in the world. You have two years and no general manager of not being a general manager. You should take that as a positive and get your, get momentum here. Establish a system. Establish a system. Because can you imagine if the Ice Stars got the Memorial Cup? Which they had zero chance. They had zero chance. But can you imagine? They had, they got a bid in. Can, and they, actually, they there was interest. The CHL went to their games. They were in the process. They had meetings. The arena and stuff. There were people there. So, you know, it's interesting to me to see – how bad that would have been if with all this coming on coming out right like there would have been a new mem cup post everyone's trip for that 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 would have been lost but we we definitely i think the one positive for the ice dogs is with their general manager getting uh suspended for two years i think that's massive i think that's big for the team because a lot if you go outside higher with the general manager it allows you to actually improve um Mm -hmm. anyone involved anyone involved with the scumbag actions I'm just going to say it of the bullying should never step foot in a hockey arena again um, they have, um, playing hockey is a privilege um, it's a, not a right there's a lot of people around uh, like hockey is an expensive game to play and it's a game hockey is an expensive game to play I mean heck I was a goalie <laughs> like, it's a tough I feel like, for your dad's you know, wallet yeah, yeah you know about that growing up it's hard but you know hockey is a privilege and I've played with guys who are complete bleep holes I'm just gonna say that flat out anyone involved with this that's listening to this in hockey don't be a scumbag. that's a terrible thing to do you wreck- hockey's a privilege it's an expensive game to play and when you have guys like this that and if this in with the bullying The bullying was in there. So with the hazing that we've had in our league before, it scars guys' lives. You know, like, it's a serious thing here. And we had a a terrible situation back in December in the Ontario Hockey League that we both, that everyone knows about that happened in London, Ontario. I'm not going to bring it up too much because that was a terrible situation that we don't ever want to talk about again. But this is terrible when we see this uh come out mm-hmm. like that be aware of your organization here Niagara like grow up like if this was coming out throughout the year reports coming out throughout the year of this going on behind the scenes nobody in that organization should ever step foot in the arena again. If this was known about it shouldn't be just two years, it should be a lifetime. Yeah. Um it's a complete joke. It's gutless. It's crap. Um this is it's terrible, like you know. Like, we play with like, guys' teammates, like, and they're not nice people. We play with not nice, good, like, not good teammates, but this needs to stop. And it just shows how far away pe- is that our game actually is. Um, mm-hmm. when you see stuff like this happening, and something needs to be out of this. Um, there needs to be something that goes on about this, uh, behind the scenes because. There's a we uh we need this to stop because it's sad and um it's heartbreaking because it's a game, it's not a privilege, and you see all these people that and I mean hey, there's a lot of hockey players that we played with that are not good people, and you know what it's like, right? The prototypical hockey player, sometimes that yeah. stereotype. There's a lot of good hockey players. There's a lot of good people around hockey uh teams. I mean, Reese, you had a Thomas there, who is an well, absolute great guy, Elijah Roberts.
0: Yeah, and you kind of just led into my next point was you know, remember how I mentioned that story? Um, I guess it would have been on last week's show um, about a young kid that was going through cancer, um, and uh, you know, just kind of a, a story behind the Schaefer family and what they're like. the The culture of that organization left when these three players did. Um, Jonathan Schaefer, which I mean, he was in O A. It's not like he was traded away. Um yeah. Akil Thomas and Elijah Roberts. Yeah. When when those three guys left, it they was had an obligation circus. to figure out who was going to replace them as not only leaders on the ice in terms of points and scoring and uh, and all that jazz, but leaders on the ice who you know understood what it meant to be an ice dog. Because before really eighteen nineteen season, I would say. Yeah. I pretty successful tenure. Um, yeah. If you're the Ice Dogs, two appearances in the OHL Finals. Um, I that that's pretty successful. No championships, but yeah, you, you've been to the finals twice. I'd say that's pretty good. So you had an obligation to fill those leadership roles, and, and they failed to do that. Um, not not that it was a lack of developing guys who could have gone into that role. Maybe it was but you failed to replace those three guys as leaders in the room leaders yeah. on the ice leaders on the bus on the road in visiting rinks and visiting hotels um there just wasn't anyone a... that could take care of something like this away and from the rink bigger under... than at
1: the rink in junior yeah. hockey to be honest
0: yeah like it's the it's not trips. like you they there's a video before every CHL game they're developing tomorrow's leaders on and off the yeah. ice <laughs> live up to Niagara's the not right now. Live up they to They got to try to, but I I'd say they haven't even been close to that statement. No, and we saw that 2 to 3 years.
1: Well, they let the players dictate their room. Yeah. Like
0: and that not of- that, that, that's where that's where I I like your point about what you said about keeping around the 16, 17 and 18 year olds and getting rid of the older egotistical guys. Get rid that of those guys. Are trying to take care of business in the room. They I want think- nothing. They didn't do anything. This organization should have empowered the younger guys because that is who is going to bring you success first as a new ownership group. Those 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds are going to be the first ones to win when you take over ownership. You didn't empower them. You you allowed the older guys to take over the room. And, I mean, whether you look at this as a rookie head coach's fault or just putting him in a role he wasn't ready for, um, I think is more uh, relevant than than it being all on him. Yeah, Coaches had no control of the room. You could tell it was controlled by a lot of the older players. And they, they yep. took advantage of the young guys that are just living out a dream for a lot of guys. And for a lot of guys, oh, this is the NHL. They are not going on any nowhere. further. This is the NHL for them. And a couple of guys – who we're, we're right. just going to stop mentioning their names kind of ruined for a lot of people. Well, hey, I, like you mentioned, like you and again, Julius. stuff can still come out. There's an appeal going. Um, I honestly believe taking after place the appeal, right there be. Um There could still be more stuff to come out, but yeah. uh, th- this is where we stand right now as we read the press release on Ontario Hockey um, Now, Darren Dobbler as well as Wes Consorti have released statements on the matter. And you can read them on the Niagara Ice Dogs website. Um, yeah, just really, really crappy that we have to talk about the ice dogs in this again. Um, yeah. We're, we're approaching 45 minutes here, Colin. So I don't know how much longer we want to touch on this. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I don't even
1: want to talk. It's um, important to talk about it because we need to reinsure listeners and stuff and sponsorships. I mean, who's gonna to want to sponsor the Niagara Ice Dogs? What business is going to sponsor the Niagara Ice Dogs? Nobody in their right mind um, would do that right now. Like, like, it's more than just hockey. And, like, hockey is second to this. We talk about growing tomorrow's game before every game, like you mentioned. And we actually have to live up to that. We actually have to live up to that. That just can't be shown, right? We just have to do something. And it's funny. And this is the problem. It's life in general. Not to get too off topic, but you look at things around the world and stuff, it's like, well, I'm gonna talk about this, like, and I'm gonna raise awareness, I'm gonna play this video, I'm gonna share this video on social media, I'm gonna do this, and because it's the right thing to do. But you're not actually doing anything. Yeah. There's nothing's changing until you do an action that shows positivity. Like it doesn't take much. Like it just sucks. It really does. Like it hurts. When you see that, it's devastating. It's embarrassing for the game. It's like, it's just, you wish you could cut all this out. Like, you wish you could cut all those guys. Like, anything that goes on today, just wish you could cut it all out. Because it's sitting sickening, like some of these stories. Like, it sucks. Um, I don't got too much else, but just I'm tired of this. It's sad. Like, it's heartbreaking. It's sad.
0: Like, Um, it's a joke. And. There is one thing I want to mention. I've been kind of holding this back for actually probably since 2016 um, when I joined the Niagara Ice Dogs. But there's a certain um, website that um, if you want to call them fans, I don't know if you can after this, um, there's a Niagara yeah. Ice Dogs fan forum. Um, if, you, if you would like some entertainment, feel free and go go and read it. It's hilarious. Um, it's but that's a joke. Definitely. Anybody that is – um, you know, call themselves a fan and post on a fan forum. You're no, you're, you're not true fans. It that 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 site's a joke. Again, for all entertainment purposes, for anyone around the OHL involved with the other 19 teams, feel free have a read. You will have a pretty good laugh. Um, you know, grab a couple buddies, have some drinks, and and laugh over it. it it's hilarious to to read. Um, that 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 site's a joke. Um. Yeah, it's built and for there's quite bullying. a few people on there that are um kind of feeding into this, and oh a GM and the owner made this happen. And it's like, guys, you what, what do you know? Yeah, don't assume until you so, see things.
1: We're we're saying things because you see what happened, you see the suspensions, that's what we're going off. And it it like that's bullying there, like cyber bullying is the worst. Like
0: I'm part like, of I'm I'm like being a part of the Bulldogs audio network I I got interested in what Bulldogs fans are are kind of like yeah. how they talk about the team so there's Facebook for for all teams right it's not just the yeah. Bulldogs but I'm a, I'm in a Facebook group for the Bulldogs same here. not one negative thing i mean no it's like, all positive maybe minus that Kitchener game um where we were not good at all <laughs> the Bulldogs were not good at all yeah. um but you don't you don't see trash talking you don't see um Anything negative towards the team. Like it's supposed to be a fan page. It's supposed to be a fan forum. Um the ice dogs fan forum is not in support of the ice dogs at all. Yeah. Um, It's it's kind of irrelevant to be honest. Um and it kind of fueling the fire of certain people who are not very bright and have no understanding of day to day operations of a of a hockey team, or um, you know, just Hockey in general, so I just wanted to i i called them out. I don't care. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Um It's cyberbullying. Yeah, they they're they're clueless. So you know what um, that
1: I don't like.
0: I they're, they're they're making mean, it look a lot worse. They yeah, are not we went, helping the image of this team.
1: I know we went long on this segment, and I know I won't talk too much into it, but it's important we set, share this message about how it's not right. This isn't going to happen um, we're not putting up with this crap. Um, like it's bullying. It's, and you know, you're taught since you're in kindergarten about bullying, you're taught since you're in kindergarten. And these people that sit on their phones, like behind the screen and just take aim at people, they have no, those people are sending those out there and you have no idea the effect it takes on somebody else that you're targeting. You have no idea. Reading a comment saying that you're terrible at your job or whatever, you have no idea how much that hurts somebody. You have no idea, like that yeah. hurts people. You know, like it's it's a joke. Like it really is. It's gut re- gut wrenching. I'm on the verge of tears right now. Like it sucks. Like that's like it's yeah. so like. And there's yeah, there's like, one I'm person God. there
0: on that site that I'm not going to name. Um, yeah. who I guarantee True. if you had a conversation with them would want the Burks back in a heartbeat. So that could just goes yeah. to show you who's actually on that website. Um, yeah, those, those are Yeah, you – know, we're, we're looking at a couple of players here who were involved in this. They should never be allowed back in the league. Absolutely agree with this decision um, as well as what happened under the the uh, previous ownership. Um, if you feel the need to do that, go do it somewhere else, not in the Ontario Hockey yeah. League. So, um, Yeah. That's our final thoughts on it. Kind of, Like Colin said, we went a little bit long, but um, yeah, we had to kinda, we, we've kind of seen way too much of this online and on Twitter. And as I mentioned on the fan forum, that's just becoming a joke for the league, for the team, um, and for the Ice Dogs brand. Um, we felt the need uh, to address it. But uh, on to what well, we're going to look back on the final four and then get to the final two. Um, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. One went six, one went seven. We will talk about that next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani, along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast link to our website is there as well. We, uh, we've got all the content throughout the OHL championship series, the graphics return, the game day graphics return. Um, my brother felt the need to get married the same weekend, the OHL championship series starts. So <laughs> um, yeah, but you guys definitely thanks. would have had a wedding
1: party at the Wafku Center for Spitfires. We're still playing,
0: man. The reception probably would have been there, yeah.
1: Your brother is a big Honestly, Spitfires fan, yeah. Is a uh, future bride to be a Spitfires fan too?
0: Yes, okay. I have Gane, no idea. So your brother. My brother is, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Your brother is, though, yeah. So that'd be that'd be cool. Like, I your wedding weekend, there definitely would have been a
0: Spitfires. Yeah. Something Spitfires involved. Yeah, That's like like you ever you ever heard of a first look? You ever heard of that? Anyone out there tweet like, at me because I like I've never heard of that. Yeah. Like the first look I always thought was the Walks down wedding, the eye. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know,
0: not no, I somewhere else. But uh Oh it's gonna be at the riverfront in Windsor. So
1: the first look. So they're doing a first look.
0: Yeah, and I was I was like, yeah, I Yo, don't think everybody went to that.
1: I uh, I I don't. Yeah, and I've heard of the first look before, but like, yeah, Reese. I didn't even knew, know that was a
0: thing. To be when honest, when people like, if people
1: when people will message you, let me know. Let me know what this is, because like, all right. I always I always thought like, <laughs> do we do we, uh, do we title this show? What's a first
0: look? <laughs> Man, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Man, I don't know that. That's like a waste of time to me. Like, I wonder what that is because I always thought it was like
1: it was just a bride and groom and an off site close to wherever they're
0: doing their vows and. So like everybody's not going. It's just like the wedding parties. Okay, that's interesting. But at the same time, I
1: they're gonna be there. Like, oh, okay. Like, let's go. Let's get. (laughs) We we could have golfed
0: another nine holes. We had to get ready for a first look. I don't know. It's just yeah. – we're going yeah, golfing anyways, though. We're golfing nine. Hey, um, but, you know, for a first shot? look, we can do 18. So,
1: Hey, you see that island shot? Last yeah, week? I did. Second shot, man. Yeah, that was Second wild. Second shot. So I, have a, I quickly want to mention this before we get to the conference final. So, in Florida, did, played the island hole at Sawgrass. And when you look at the – I posted it on my Instagram and Twitter – no, all over my face, because I I haven't stopped talking about it. it's my favorite hole in golf. That in the stadium hole in um, TPC uh, Scottsdale are yeah. my two favorite holes. It was so cool going to the, that in the golf hall of fame was the best That's one of the best. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, that was unreal. Um, going this guy in front of me, so they give you a max of ten shots right on the holes. At the island hole, they give you ten max. There's this person I would use the ten. <laughs> no, man, absolutely. honestly. Honestly, it look, and you can probably see it in my story, the hole actually looked bigger in person than it, what it does on TV. Oh, okay. It actually looks bigger. It's just hard. The greens are really hard. Where I got, right. Like, like I they're the front, fast? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. bounces. Like, if you don't stick it, it's going to roll right off the deck. Oh, but great. I But uh, I stuck it, and I made the par putt. Oh, that'd open. be? Yeah, man. Yeah, I was like – I put it close to the hole. I put it like so. Wait, you six missed. Your first missed shot.
0: First, your first shot went in the
1: water. First one, I hit the side of like the deck. Yeah, that bounced out. So I knew I had the distance. I know I had the right club, but I just uh, maybe change the depth, like yeah. of the swing percentage. Maybe don't go all, don't take a full swing. Because I was going nine iron, like basically. How close far was to it to the pin? One thirty-seven.
0: Yeah, that's so, a nine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, pitching, pitching wedge if you're good short. enough. Which yeah, I'm not, so yeah, I don't go that far. Nine yeah. iron, I went get some loft. I think it's close to a pitching wedge. That's what yep. I thought. Yeah, and this person in front of me was one of those people because it's expensive of course to play. But yeah. these people in front of me, we had to wait for them. And it was f- because every shot they took, they took the guy took ten shots in front of me, and he had literally the PGA Tour hat on, the TPC wow. Sawgrass golf shirt on. You know like a retired. So an expensive uh, Florida, round
0: and he probably just spent five hundred bucks in the pro shop.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and probably a thousand dollar a day for sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And Must so, be the nice person, to spend that. so he's all decked out like how good he is, and he he's talking in the group promise are talking, he's like, I uh I've birdied this whole this course, he's naming all these like sorry, PGA how old is courses. this guy? I would say like sixties, living oh, the dream, okay. right. PGA tour. Yeah and yeah. uh so they're t- like, he's just like, they're just talking about how good he is. Right. Yeah. And you know, those guys, the ones oh, that yeah. always talk are the worst ones. The guy back when shots, I was a boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took 10, he took 10 shots. Not one of them <laughs> hit the green. It was so funny. So then I'm nervous. So now
0: that's how my brother would play.
1: Yeah. And I'm nervous. So to the point, because when you have a guy like that, that's talking, you're nervous. Cause I hate crowds. It, yeah. You know that I will rush. You know what? You've golfed with me. When there's someone behind us, I will try to go first. I will try to just. No you see them coming side. up, and it's like, no, no get out of my way. I'm I'll going go. first. Yeah. yeah. I'm that yeah. guy that hates people watching because I always shank it. Yeah. So, first shot, I kind of faded a little bit to the right. And I um, got it in a little, I had a nice swing. It felt good. Mm-hmm. And I hit the green, but it bounced off. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. I'm like, oh, come geez. on. Like, just yeah. hit the green. And then the second one, the second shot, like, honestly, it's the best shot I've hit in my life, which oh, is so cool because you not dream of that. It's a bucket list course. Oh, yeah. And I hit the front edge of the green and it went a little bit too fast because I hit it nice, like almost too nice for 137. Mm-hmm. But I hit the front edge of the green and it hit that little grass part, like the longer grass off the dock. And it just like it slowed it down enough to roll like about five feet away from the pin. And then oh, once in, when I'm within five feet, you make those pops. Do you play
0: closest to the pin with the rest of your group?
1: Yeah, I would have. That would
0: have been sick. Yeah.
1: Well, it's so time for consuming. this spies beers. Yeah. Well, man, get this: if you hole in one, that not what they said. They haven't had an amateur hole in one the course like that was not like non-college, like non-college oh, okay. or member. Like just uh, the
0: dude that was on vacation that yeah, you. Like, yeah, like like
1: me an average Joe yeah, they, yeah. no average no average Joe's had a hole in one there, and I said to guys, anyone ever hole in one this like an av- like anyone like that isn't like in college or whatever like a lot of college kids will play that course because their university will pay for it, um and like a lot of retired people like have memberships there, but no like he goes no we haven't saw like I haven't saw one personally and we took a little bit of a hit during uh, COVID like at the course, yeah. but um. I said, I haven't saw one in a few years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was pretty cool to put one close. And, uh, the ask him what the stuff. prize
0: was if he got one?
1: Yeah. The prize. Get this. You have $500 American and you get a, a thousand dollar voucher to the uh, PGA shop. That's sick. That's So, you know sweet. what? So, you know what I would do with that? I would go, it would be a guy's trip. And yes. we're going back to Florida. Yes. A thousand dollar PGA, uh, Gift card would get you two rounds, so two of us could go to Florida and play for free at TPC uh, Sawgrass. We would have done that one hundred percent. Yeah,
0: one hundred. Celebrate our um, our uh, podcast showdown championships. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. We, we Which we still haven't hard. done yet. Yeah. We got to do that. <laughs> yeah, we got really to yeah, do either. that. All right. Yes, we did. We'll but yeah, it. that was fun. And then the golf hall of fame was really cool. Man, the golf sweet. hall, the golf hall of fame. If anyone ever goes to Florida, go through St. Augustine, go to the golf hall of fame. Also go to Bucky's, the world's largest convenience store. I'll send you this man. Bucky's is crazy. It's almost overwhelming. It's like Disneyland for adults. Like it is crazy. Like they got like 50, like they got like 50 different things of beer. They have like roasted almonds, best barbecue brisket. They say I never had it, which I should have because I'm a brisket critic. And, uh, they had like everything barbecues you could buy a smoker for like 150 bucks american
0: like really
1: yeah i just couldn't get across the border because like i had no room but they mm-hmm. had like really like it was really cool i had like 50 gas pumps like i will send, oh you, a yeah, send I you a picture of the trees yeah i need this segment you need to see this this place is crazy it was so overwhelming when i walked in there. is it Seven like Eleven
0: a- on steroids
1: Oh, it's it's like Walmart. It's like Costco. Oh my it's god, it's crazy. Picture Walmart. Picture Walmart slash Zellers.
0: Oh, Zellers. Ooh. Zellers. Remember yeah, Zellers I got gotcha. you. Barely, Walmart. but yeah. Picture Barely that. I remember Zellers? Kind of like
1: a Winners, but with, I got gotcha. you with like yeah. snacks and stuff. But it was it's crazy. Everything there, uh, you don't get one flavor of something. Like they have a beef jerky wall, for instance. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, and a huge jerky guy. But those places—that's crazy. That's pretty cool. pretty that And the Golf sweet. Hall of Fame is right by the Bucky's in uh, St. Augustine. So if you go to Florida, make sure you go to the Golf Hall of Fame because it's well worth. It's the best Hall of Fame I've ever been to. Um, I mean, I've only been to two that the Hockey Hall of Fame. But I want to go to Cooperstown on a bucket list. Cooperstown
0: is—I've been there. I will say that is one Hall of Fame I've been to. It is man it's better than the Hockey Hall of Fame. I know this is a hockey show. Hockey Hall of Fame is boring. Compared to Cooperstown, yeah. sorry, and like the golf, the fact it's that it's fun, in a yeah. town that the, you know that that city hasn't won a championship since sixty <laughs> seven. Yeah, see Cooperstown, there's no team, so I mean it's it's fine. Small town, it's like it's it's awesome. Like the hockey hall of State, teams, the
1: golf capital, like
0: of the states. Like you're taught, you're talking. Remember Moneyball when you're talking like you have the rich teams and the poor teams. Not you got fifty feet of crap. So what you're saying? It sounds like well. Anyways, I'll speak. Baseball Hall of Fame is the rich teams. Yeah, sounds like the golf Hall of Fame is pretty good. So that'll be the poor teams. Man, They get fifty feet of crap, and then there's the hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, like exactly. like like it is so far beneath. Well, it's the a lot National of money. Baseball Hall of Fame. It's, it's a lot not, of money to go to the close. Hall of Fame. They
1: overcharge, and. The I mean, mine is, was
0: mine was free in Cooperstown, so I mean, right uh, on. Yeah, went to but Empire man, in Cooperstown, but.
1: but if anyone ever goes to Florida, like anyone listening that goes to Florida in the winter, um, make a trip through St. Augustine when you get through Florida. Make right. a trip there to the Gallup Hall of Fame because I'm telling you, it's worth it. You uh you walk in like so like they don't have they have like plaques like they have like the faces like Cooperstown does for baseball, or they have like the faces. Yeah, for but yep. they also have lockers,
0: which that's is so cool. Yeah,
1: so yeah I of, saw those
0: pictures of tigers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I saw those. Yeah. Bill
1: Mickelson. Yeah, like, I think that's
0: really cool. That's I think cool, that's yeah.
1: very neat. Like that's baseball's cool. got
0: that. The baseball Hall of Fame has that too. But for every team, like they don't have some players may yes. have them, but for every team, they have a display. Yeah, which is, which is that's dope. cool.
1: And obviously going now with the live tour being such a rivalry with the PGA tour, I mean, it's terrible yeah. golf, it's teams and stuff. And yeah. you know what it is, but it's such a sensitive uh, topic there because PGA uh, headquarters is right there too. And in, in mm-hmm. Augustine right by the world golf hall of fame. So it's very interesting. And the next, the following day after I hit the shot, by the way, was a wine with a PGA event wine tour. Guess how much it costs oh. to go. Yes. So, Close. One and a half thousand, so you're you're about fifteen
0: hundred bucks,
1: man. That's crazy. So fifteen. My, my most
0: expensive bottle of wine is thirty two bucks.
1: Yeah, well, you don't need one. Cheap wine's the best. Don't overpay for wine; mm. it just gets worse. I man, think.
0: man, it's it's bad. My parents, are part of wine clubs. They bumped me up to a certain wine bracket. <laughs> like I, I <laughs> yeah. can't go back to the two liter yeah. bottles of Jackson Triggs. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely a good spot. You would love it. right. yeah, it's definitely a good spot and real good trip. it was really good. Nice getaway for sure. And seafood was great, too. But um yeah, good spot and uh yeah, to the conference final.
0: Yeah. No, no, we didn't babble at the beginning of the show, so this was our babble at the at the beginning of segment number two. Um but but yeah, let's get to the conference finals. We'll start in the west. Uh, London Knights and Sarnia sting a, a matchup that a lot of people, um, of course, along that 402 corridor that really were really excited about this. Um, and we'll, we'll start with the scores, then we'll break it down for you quickly here. Um, and then move on to the east. But, uh, you know, London takes game one 4 1 at home, they take game two at home at three to one, go up two nothing heading back on the road. But, uh, I will. Let's give a shout-out to Sarnia Sting fans while we talk about this series. Um, they came out to the high. Yes, that place was you. loud. That place was rocking. You see the um, ticket video? Yeah. The
1: conference final, that was, all around the building?
0: That, like, give credit to Sarnia fans. They've waited a long time to see their team make it to a conference finals, and they've had very good teams that probably should have been there but didn't get there um they finally have what what i again i thought they were an ohl finals team um get taken out by the knights but uh again yeah shout out to the fans they deserve it um they've waited a long time so and and they they played well in front of their home fans despite losing game six on home ice they played very well in games three and four they take game three five three get back in the series go down two to one um and then they put up six uh, on the night, 6-3 final in Game 4. New series. It's down to a best of three, heading back to Bud Gardens. The Knights kind of took over the series at that point. They were the better team for the last two by far. Um, maybe not by far, but um, uh, I think you could definitely say London was better in both games. It was pretty clear. 5-2 yeah. um, in Game 5, and then to take care of business in Game 6, 5-1. Um, um, and I know one thing, Colin, we do want to talk about is, you know, Ryan Winterton, a, a guy that didn't start the year yeah. until after, well, really, the middle of January. Until, until the middle of January, this guy had not played in the OHL um, this season, I should say, of course, being a part of the championship team last year in Hamilton. But, uh, um, you know, going through the procedure that he went through, Hamilton Bulldogs fans didn't get to see him finish his Bulldogs career, unfortunately Um, made his debut just after the trade against the Bulldogs uh, in London. But um, you know, in parts of this series, he was the best player by far Um, just his shot. I mentioned it earlier on his shot, his ability um, to move the puck, his vision all over the ice. There were times in this series where you're like, this guy's on another level compared to Yeah, it's guys in this series. And I mean, there's a lot of talent in this series. So to stand out really took a great individual effort by Ryan Winterton to make himself the best player in this series.
1: Yeah, there were times where he took over and that line's been so good. Barkey count and Winterton himself. Um those three have been incredible. I mean I think that's I think that's why the Knights have been so good in this playoff in the second half, um, after the deadline, because you knew uh McHugh McGarren on that top line and Ryan Humphrey, as I mentioned, around the deadline, Ryan Humphrey was going to be their biggest player um, come postseason. I mean, we saw that in Hamilton all playoff last year, all year this year. You know what Humphrey's going to bring the table day in and day out. Yeah. And you saw that this year as well. And um, Winterton, I mean, Ryan Winterton's a competitor. Um, he just competes. Um, doesn't matter what he is. I think this is, and this is why, and I remember I got heckled for this last year in November for saying this. But looking at it now, I'm absolutely right. Um, not to do my own horn,
0: but Ryan. You want Winterton, me to bow he, down to you too?
1: No, but you'll. You. I know you probably agreed with me on this yeah, one. Yeah. If Ryan Winterton plays the whole year, he's probably playing for Canada at the World Juniors. Like he's an elite player in our league. He has 11 goals in the playoffs. Like he's an elite player. Um, I think he's kind of unappreciated a little bit here in the league. Like, I think like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So it's nice yeah. to see that he's getting that opportunity. And I mean he was so big for the Bulldogs last year. Um, with uh Mason McTavish and uh Patrick Thomas on that second line for the Bulldogs in the postseason last year. And uh they were just really effective there as well. Yeah. So it's nice to see Wickerton continuing his playoff success. And I mean, he's a guy there where he's gonna have a chance maybe to crack Seattle's uh AHL roster right away next year, so mm-hmm. good luck to Winterton and his career ahead of this as well. But he's not looking at that. But um, he's been great. Ryan Humphrey's been great, and I mean George Fiaco, the former Bulldogs, have been incredible for them. And I mean you mentioned there about Mike Stubbs um, giving a lot of respect to the Bulldogs, right? Uh, with this isn't for the Bulldogs, the Knights are not in this spot, and um, it just speaks to the character they have and the job Jay McKee's done. And Jay McKee definitely has interest from higher up from professional hockey most definitely there's interest in jay mckee why wouldn't there be but i don't think jay mckee's in any rush to make that decision to go on to that next level at that pro hockey league. i think he'll be in brantford for a little bit here and bulldogs um organization is definitely a bright spot and people are starting to see that come to the table here in the Ontario hockey league how good matt turk's done steve Steios has done michael an at the top and ownership i mean spectacular um job he does. Everyone knows what he is and what he brings to the table. Um, and just all over the place, it's a first-class organization. I mean, hey, you, they learn from the best, too, right? I mean, you look at their tree, um, where the guys they have that come from, and you look at teams like North Bay who are building, right? Um, Adam Dennis comes in, hires Ryan Ulihan, and look where they are in the in the Eastern Conference Final. And then, and you know, you look at Sarnia here with the job with Tang did this year, in Sarnia, I mean, Sarnia had turbulence this year. There were points sure. there there were points there at the first quarter, the halfway point of the season, where we thought Sarnia was going to play their way out of it a little bit. There, we thought they were underachieving. they the going to be that
0: middle-ish team that we're used to seeing going sound in. You're around thirty wins, but you're middle of the pack. You tried, you
1: know. but you take your. You're not going to. It's not going to get there. And yeah. Sarnia, Sarnia, Sarnia was a very good team, and this London team, you know, in that like Mark Hunter's quote about oh, there's been a lot of doubters, and we're showing them now. And I was a doubter on the London Knights. I've said that. I've been vocal about it. But the one thing is with London Knights is London Knights are the best system team in the Ontario Hockey League. No one can really argue that. The London Knights are the best system team in the Ontario Hockey League because they're a team that when they play their system right and get into that spot where they go into a place like Kitchener, maybe they don't play good, but they can win that game 4 nothing. They're just a team that can bore you. And if uh, you, you fall into that trap, they'll walk in, they'll go through their motions, and they'll beat you 3 nothing. That's what they do. And um, they're disciplined for the most part. And It's a fun team to watch because they're well-coached and they're well-ran. And uh, we mentioned that how they're hated, but they're well-ran um, at the end of the day. They're well-ran, and they're, it's a good organization. And um, all these teams in the Final Four here, we were lucky because they're all well-ran. And um, I was pumped for Sarnia to see that line there for the tickets there before game one. That was very exciting to see. And um, props, to this, props to the Hive and props to Sarnia because um, that's definitely a huge market for this league.
0: Yeah, and um, we could talk all day about the big names that Sarnia brought in. Um, Luca Del Belbeluz was was very good. Ethan Del Mastro was on another level um, a lot of times. Uh, since he came over from mississauga and just took it to another level in the playoffs um but but one guy i really want to focus on and um uh, you know not a point per game guy but uh someone who went out there and played hard minutes every every time he was out there and that's marcus limpar lance yes. um, and i you know 14 games in the playoffs for him 11 points like i said he's not a point per game guy but You know, he'll be just underneath. Um, He was a plus six in the playoffs. Um, He had two game-winning goals, won 86 face-offs and 144 attempts. And, I mean, whether you look at that as stellar or not, it's over 50%. But, uh, you know, those two game-winning goals really stand out for me. And, you know, in game number six, when Sarnia was eliminated, he was 80% on the draws. He was eight for ten in the face-off circle and just in that sarnia underrated london player, eh? yeah that sarnia london series alone he had three goals in the in those six games um you know including one goal and one assist uh in game number 3 to help sarnia get back into the series and go down two games to one i think he's really under not really underrated anymore cuz everybody saw how well he was um in the playoffs but just one guy i wanted to talk about because i thought he played really hard throughout the playoffs he was really good for the sarnia sting and one of the reasons that they are in a position you know in a game six in the western conference finals right it's about using the pieces you got at the deadline to absolutely captain the ship you need them to be your best players for sure um but when you get guys like marcus limpar lance doing what he did um, you know, two game-winning goals for someone not yeah. named Luca Del Belbaluz or Ty Voigt or, um, you know, one of those top three guys. I, I'd say that's a pretty good accomplishment. Um, and the you know the fact that he was able to help this franchise get to their first Western Conference final, um, is pretty big for the Swedish native.
1: One hundred percent agreed. One hundred percent agree with that one, Reese. I mean, um, Lance. He's not the biggest points guy, but you know, effective in the D zone. And that's the biggest part about the playoffs. And, um, you know, when face sucks, you got to get the puck. That's the biggest thing about hockey. You get the puck, puck possession, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you can win face you need that in the playoffs and the matchups um, creep in. And um, yeah, he was incredible this playoff run in general. And so was Ethan Del Mastro. Um, Del Mastro was a star for them. Um, that Saginaw series, especially when you see that their top guys on Saginaw literally were shut down like yeah. the w- one line would have like two shots a game to a point like that. Like that's how good he was um, this playoff run and Sarnia um, not even just to mention those two guys. They they have a bright future ahead still and they made a lot of moves there. I know they trade a lot of young guys, but Wayne writes a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, they have guys there where they're not going to go away and uh, go situation now with the dr- re-entry of the draft. That's going to be interesting to see or too right? Where maybe you get go back an OA year, right? And what happens there? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, with Sarnia, but I think Sarnia most definitely will be better than what people think going into the next season because they're going to have potential here to be a good team. They have guys to come back and showed this year that they can produce. If those guys can step up, they could still be a quality team in this Ontario Hockey League. So I expect Mm -hmm. them to still be a playoff team next season and um, keep your heads up in Hive Nation because uh, most
0: definitely they're um, your team still has a bright future ahead. Mm -hmm. To the east, Peterborough Pete's take down the North Bay Battalion in seven. North Bay Battalion go down in the conference finals for the second straight year, albeit a much better um, performance this go-around. I mean, not to say they were terrible against the Bulldogs. Um, The Bulldogs were just really, really good. Uh, So we'll start game one. Peterborough wins on the road, three to two, the final score going up one game to none. North Bay answers in game two with a three one victory. Game three at the PMC, Peterborough Peets, another three two victory again, w- another one goal win. Um, yeah, playoff for, time for the Peets. Absolutely. Game four stretched out a little bit. North Bay putting up five and a five two victory uh, over the Peterborough Peets and then putting up six. In game number five, and you kind of talk about those two games in the series where you're like, okay, here's North Bay. They're going to roll in six, taking care of business in game yep. six at the PMC. That doesn't happen. Peterborough scores late and end up winning in overtime, four to three, and that just propelled them to another 3-2 victory in game number seven at North Bay Memorial Gardens. Again, another building that we saw full throughout the playoffs. the PMC yeah, bro, was full there. throughout the playoffs. Um, just, just an entertaining series all around. The number two and the number four seed going at it in the Eastern Conference. North Bay, a team that looking to get over the hump of the Eastern Conference finals from last year. Peterborough having everything on the line to make it to a finals and win a championship from all the moves they made. Yeah. Just, just a series that really didn't disappoint at all.
1: No, absolutely. It was a tight series. Uh, one of those series where one team had to lose, one team had to win.
0: Yeah. Um, you
1: cut them even. Um, even Stephen Hockey there, yeah, there was a couple of lopsided wins there for North Bay, right? Um, but North, It was a good series. I'm absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely gutted for North Bay. I tweeted that out after the game. You, you know, that would hurt. That would really hurt. You look at Ty Nelson, the press conference crying. I thought a lot of the questions in the press conference weren't very good questions, to be honest. And I'm not going to, I'm not Man, I'm not doing all that, but I'm not going to get into all that other stuff. But the guy just lost in game seven for the second. Obviously, it wasn't game seven the year before. We just lost in the Eastern Conference final and just lost in game seven. And we're talking about next year. Let the guy, like, yeah. let the guy breathe. Let He's him reflect on this the year. year. Like... Yeah. So I just didn't like the one question about that, but. Oh, overall, like, press conferences were great, which is good. But um, I just didn't like that. Like, let the guy reflect on on what happened just now. Like, those press conferences are tough, man. Like, heck, we went through that last year. Like, those press conferences, they're literally going from the room to the booth, like, to the podium. Like, you are literally the pre – like, it's literally like, with the- you go into the room, you take your stuff off, and go right to the podium. That's it. Like, that's all it is. Um, and you're getting a lot of natural so I just think like some like asking about next season's kind of tough mm-hmm. after that in the moment you're not really thinking about it. so I know Ty like you didn't like you didn't have the answer and I was just thinking like it's a show guest for us so you kind of like feel for the kid mm-hmm. but uh, you're a really good guy and um, you know I'm absolutely gutted for them. Um, two years in a row, conference final you lose you know in the conference final you're in the final four it's a long run um, to get to that spot. Um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears throughout the year. And mm-hmm. as you go through playoff rounds, right, and you saw this before, as you win one round, all of a sudden you have that group and you're building something. Mm-hmm. You get in the second round. And then if you get through round one, you have a very good group. You have a close group, um, very good dressing room. They're playing for each other. Um, North Bay definitely had that. And, it's, and it sucks to see when it's back for that core, like the guys like Petroff, the Nelsons, the guys that have been there back to back years, and
0: Steensel, yeah.
1: yeah, the guys that have went through that. Now that's a that's tough to see. So it's too bad for them. But uh, Peterborough, I mean, that overtime game, right? That was the series. I remember watching that game on Sunday night, thinking that's the series. If North, Bay, if North Bay finds a way to score, then they win the series. Obviously, it's over. But whoever scores, whoever scored the winner in overtime, that team is going to win Game Seven the following night. The momentum and Peterborough—that was a big road win down early. North Bay outplayed them. I thought it was a perfect first period for North Bay to be honest. At home, mm-hmm. um, you scored the first goal, get the crowd into the game. But then, Mister Sean Spearing with the honestly the turning point,
0: like 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 a scene from Goon. Using yeah. his face at the goal line. Obviously, Spearing didn't do that, but still but, using his face, right? That that mentality of it's a game seven for a trip to the finals. You're playing for each other. Like, you're not playing for who yourself. Who cares what you use to block a shot? Yeah. Obviously, it, you don't like it in the face. But well, it's just sometimes, like, that, it, that just shows you the heart that that team has, the heart that Spearing has. He goes, he understands what it takes to win. And that's he, his he puts reaction, on the line. right?
1: Yeah, that's a reaction too, right? Like that's a, just got it's game seven. I'm the cat. I'm the captain of the Peterborough beats Like I'm and, playing for my teammates. And, and he's the captain.
0: And I'm sure everyone. Oh yeah, that's a great block. Great job. Great job. And he goes, guys, that's my job. Like yeah. I'm, I'm on this ice to do that. Like I, I have a reason. That's just going through the motions. That's just knowing what I've learned over the last number of years. That's me understanding what to win and, you know, seeing a team win last year. And I'm sure a lot of the Pete's that were part of that team last year, we saw what Hamilton was and what we understood what we had to do to win. They saw it in round number one. And I'm sure that'd be the first thing he'd say. He goes, that's what you need to win a championship. Who, Who cares if it just so happens it's a game seven. Like that? that's my job in order to help my team win. 100%
1: 100% agreed. 100% agreed. And I just want to mention for North Bay, North Bay side of things next year, North Bay still going to be a competitive team. I mean, Ty Nelson will be back. Even Santos will be back. They're going to have pieces there. And Dennis knows what he's doing, right? He's a good coach. So North Bay fans, be positive. Um, I know it's hard. You just lose a conference final for the second straight season. I know that's devastating right now, but I'm telling you, become training camp. Come training camp time. I mean, you see this roster put together and you see what you have on paper and when you get to training camp and you see their draft, the team had a good draft, you're going to see that there's potential here to have a success that following year. Obviously you're not going to put what they are contender. You don't know that, but the team is, definitely will have a quality roster. When You look at the returnees and look at the potential of this roster. They will be get on paper. We will see what happens. So on the ice.
0: Yeah. All right. There's our breakdown of the conference finals. Next, we look ahead to the finals. Peterborough, Peats and London Knights we will do it again a number of years later, 17 years later since the last time they met in the OHL finals. We will break it down next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the well, OHL season, you could say. Um, we won't be chatting again until after the OHL championship has been completed. We'll talk about who we think will come out on top and who will head to the Memorial Cup. London Knights and Peterborough Peets are set to do battle. Game one, of course, tonight, Thursday, May 11th. Game two is Saturday, May 13th. Both games uh, going down at Budweiser Gardens. Things switch to the PMC Monday, May 15th, and Wednesday, May 17th. Um, And then games five, six, and seven will follow. Friday, May 19th will be game five in London. Of course, these next three are if necessary, which I would say at least five and six probably will be. Um, Game six is Sunday, May 21st. So. Long weekend, get up to get up to the PMC, Um, and then Game Seven, if necessary, at Budweiser Gardens, Monday, May twenty second. That'd be crazy, Um, almost
1: almost years to the date of the goal in Game Seven.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be crazy to see. That'd be good for the league. So let let's give your thoughts on this first, Colin. Um, And I mean, we can easily give the perspective of three former Bulldogs going up against two um, on you know, London Knights team that has not been to a final since, uh, since 2016, the Peterborough Pete's really looking for OHL finals success since 2006. Just, just two teams that feel like it's overdue for a championship. Most
1: definitely. Most definitely. I mean, Peterborough put all their marbles here all in front. They're all in at the blackjack table. Um, they're in it to win it here. So, uh, they put I'm all sure. their money
0: on 31 black at the roulette table.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And, um, yeah, that the story. I'll tell you off air that paid Manning story about 18 black.
0: It hit I think it you hits. told me that story. Yeah. That's it's
1: such a cool story. Yeah. But, um, like I think in this series here, it's going to come down to special teams. I mentioned it last series too. And I mean, London won a special teams battle over the Sarnia thing. Um, it's going to be huge because London's a disciplined team. Um, Peterborough's power play is 14th in the playoffs, and you can't really look at that. So you're looking at the power plays for They have 66 power plays, and they have seven goals. So that's 10.6%. Um, that's not where it should be. That's not a good power play right now. So that's something, though, where you see the pieces they have on paper in the power play units they run. They have the pieces there. So it's something where if you're in London, you got to be disciplined. And if you're the Peterborough Pete's, London is absolutely buzzing right now at 27.5%. Um, wow. That team has it running right now, uh, 19 for 69 in the playoffs. Um, that They're feeling it right now. They're scoring big goals on the power play. Um, they're grinding it out. They're getting around the net. So it's going to be interesting to see how Peterborough can adapt to that Western Conference play as well, um, which is interesting because yeah. – we saw that last year with Hamilton where they cruised through and all of a sudden they ran into Western Conference hockey. And I remember talking to Josh Sweetland after game one. It was like, Western conference hockey. You know, they like, it's a, now we got a we're gonna have a series here. And that's what we're that's what we're gonna have in this game. It's gonna be a series. Um Peter Boat's gonna be introduced to Western Conference hockey. Game one's gonna be interesting to see what happens, what type of game it is. I expect game one to be very tight, be tight, defensive, be structured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think these two teams match up better than these two than they've matched up against any other team because it'll be interesting to see how now London has an answer for the Hayes line or Othman. It's gonna be interesting to see how they match up against Center, how it, Avon and Robertson on that penalty kill so fast. Um, mm-hmm. how, how the penalty kill Peterborough has right that's gonna be interesting to see, but I think now they will have a matchup for the Barkey Cowan Riddington line. And I think London will have a matchup now for Peterborough's top two lines and vice versa now for Peterborough. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's the best matchups. Um, both teams are well coached. They've adapted so far in the playoffs perfectly. That's another huge reason why they're there. Brett Brochu, clearly, he's a true day-to-day. I would imagine he's good for game uh, for game one tonight. So it's going to be interesting to see Brett Brochu get that opportunity because the guy's a star in that. Um, he's a star in our league. And uh, it's going to be fun to see the Simpson-Simpson matchup as well. Um, Mm -hmm. By the night, um, assistant general manager. um, And then goaltender for uh, Peterborough Pete's Michael Simpson. So it's interesting. Simpson-Simpson matchup with a lemon tie there. So it's going to be cool to see that one as well. A lot of matchups. you got the former Bulldogs. You've the Simpson versus Simpson as well in the series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I I think one thing, too, that works in the favor of the Pete's a little bit, you mentioned – um, playing Western Conference hockey and trying to match the intensity of the London Knights, this is something the Hamilton Bulldogs didn't have the opportunity to have last year and yeah. see Western Conference hockey throughout the regular season, minus the Erie Otters. But the team just I split the really season series by the way runner last year. Yeah, so you know, the Peterborough Peets have an understanding of what how the Western Conference teams play. Um, as we got back to cross conference, um games this year thank god um yeah. no but i still i still think there will be that learning curve call and i agree with you i think you still have to have a better understanding of what it looks like in the playoffs um because you you can understand how much more the intensity yeah. ramps up in the postseason than you see in the regular season and i mean not that the peter repeat did not play um intense games against western, Con- western conference teams in the regular season which absolutely they did um, it's just notoriously different. Yeah, it it is it is a step History up. History shows, um, and you know that intimidation factor of looking up at Budweiser Gardens and seeing nine thousand fans in the OHL Finals. Um, yeah. You know it, it's going to be a very loud, loud building. Um, both buildings are going to be allowed. Are loud. I mean, London's going to have to come to Peterborough. It it's small. It's not big. It's very loud. Small it's but mighty. Yeah, it's you've got square boards. <laughs> um that's a good question too. That is you know, a good I, question I, to ask. Well, and I think I over or not overheard. I I read something that the square boards were not friends to the London Knights last time they went to Peterborough in the playoffs. They did not enjoy the yeah, square boards sick. and you know, we're talking 2006 these players probably weren't even street. watching the series. But you know, the Hunter era, six years old. They have an understanding about what the PMC is. Um, They're definitely going to relate the message to to the London Knights players. I mean, the Hamilton Bulldogs um, hey, that are know, part of the Bulldogs. London Knights or former Hamilton Bulldogs that are part of the London Knights will obviously help with that. Anybody that came over from the East will be able to help with that. But, um, you know, as much as the Peterborough Peets have yeah. to look at Budweiser Gardens and see 9,000 fans and, um, you know, really – NHL like atmosphere in the Ontario Hockey League to London's learning of oh, we're in a small building. Um it's well, the noise is very um compact into a small area and, and the boards aren't well, as rounded. Like you kind of yeah, look you know at what, it from the, both ways. There's a, gonna be an adjustment in each building.
1: But you know what? London plays in a building that's pretty funky, pretty regularly, you know, and no one's sound as well at the Bayshore. Great so, point. Yeah. I know it's not That's I fair. know it's not the same, but the Bay short the Bay shore is right up there with Peterborough. I would say yeah. the Bay shore is second to Peterborough. No, it's a good close point. second yeah. to Peterborough's one. The Bay shore, there's a funky bunch of bounces there. There it, games go quick in that building and the boards are at lively. It's yeah. an old school building, right? So you're gonna get weird bounces there. And the big thing is now too, with the new schedule, the way it is, a yo two two one one one. It's nice to have that because now before game one, like Thursday, there'll be morning skates. Peterborough will probably skate yesterday afternoon on the Wednesday in London. Um, they'd probably go up Wednesday and have practice, Wednesday night at the bud, and then probably vice versa, before game three, the nights go up the day before and they'll made they might have a skate, they might pack the they might go right to the arena, drop their bags off and stuff, yeah. and then have a little skate, read the bounces that's changed so much in 06, right? And guys know, yeah. um, guys know, we've talked to Hunter Jones, how playing lacrosse for him uh, really kind of helped with the bounces there. When you play lacrosse, right, all the, belt, the ball bounces all over the place. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how London handles it. But all the practice and stuff they'll mm-hmm. have, I mean, playing at the Bay Shore is tough as well. So I feel like that it's the same as what it used to be. But most yeah. definitely it's tough. Um if you're not – if you don't have the attention to details and you're caught sleeping in net, you can get a funky one on you for sure.
0: So so who wins? We're at this point in the show. Um, we won't be talking for another probably week and a half or so. Um, who wins? Who is this year's OHL champion? I am going to go the London Knights in six
1: games. Um, I think London is humming right now. I think they're doing the little things absolutely right. Um and I think on the power. I really like watching their power play. They're going around the net. They're playing physical around the net. I think it, I watched North Bay and they got the Simpson, but it wasn't dramatic mm-hmm. in the Western conference. And we saw this last year up close Reese, with uh, Marco Costantini and Hamilton with the Windsor spitfires. The London Knights were going to go to the net. Max McHugh, big, strong power forward in our league. Um, who can change a game at any second with his physicality. Um, Sean McGurn, who's all over the place, engaged all the time. Um, George Diaco, who's always, who's always around the net, always in the play. Um, Ryan Humphrey, always around the net. Then Winterton Cowan, Barky line has been incredible. Um, I really like London and their defense. Their defense. Um, we've said it all year. Their defense is really good and their goal-tending really good. And we mentioned this last series about the matchup, right? What we think. And I'm going, I have I'm gonna go London in six. And when I looked at it, I take bro over Simpson. And Simpson's a hell of a goal. He's a, he's a really good goaltender. I love Michael Simpson's game, but I'm taking Bro over Simpson. I'm taking London's defense over Peter Burl's. And to me that right now, honestly, Peter Burr, yes, they can score goals. But I'm taking London's forward slash system yeah. over Peter Bros. I'm taking London in six games. They're the J. Ross Robertson champions, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Um, I agree with you, Colin. Um, I think London will win as well. Um I I, I think it could go seven. Um but I, I I'm with you on six. Um, you know, it, we're we're not talking about North Bay Taking it to Peterborough like we saw Peterborough take it to Hamilton in round one last year physically, but seven games wears you out. It it, it does. Yeah. Um. Not that London didn't have a tough series against Sarnia, but um, they're the it day. Yeah. Peterborough was that series was so tight and so close, and um, you know, in the in the last couple of games, yeah, you would think London kind of took over that series against the Sarnia Sting. Um, so I think that's where one of the big advantages goes for London. Um, a, another one, I, I think Logan Mayu has stepped up his play in the playoffs. Yes, um, 17 points in 15 games, he's a plus eight, yeah, and he's got 37 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, he's played tough. Yeah, that's that's the definition. He's not Arbor Jackeye in the style that he plays, but those are kind of Arbor Jack numbers. Um, where you see yeah. him being rough and physical, he's in the penalty box, but he's also contributing offensively. Um, yeah. so, so I think we, I think we look at it from that standpoint is, you know, Logan Mayu has done a nice job and stepped up his game very nicely in the playoffs. And I think that's going to be a big factor, um, in this series. It also helps you six, three, two Oh eight. Uh, um, yeah. so, so I've got the London Knights as well. Um, six or seven. Uh, I I think it could yeah. go, but I'm gonna lean more towards six and the London Knights win on the road at the Peterborough Memorial Center. Wow! I'm trying
1: to yeah. switch the foot, um, switch the holy yeah. flip the switch.
0: Well, when oh, I had man. I had to pick a new champion too, right? My final included North Bay and Sarnia right from the start. Um, yeah, and not that they didn't deserve to be there, just London and Peterborough ended up being uh, just a little yeah. bit better. So
1: played right, um, played good at the right time.
0: Exactly. So so we're both both going nights. We're both going at least six games. Let us know what you think. Do you think we're out to lunch? Do you think we're just picking London because they're London? Um, or should everybody be picking the Peterborough Pete's because London has won quite a few more championships since the last time Peterborough has, and it's their turn. Let us know on Twitter at the OHLM60 Podcast. Um and yeah, we will we will be back following the conclusion. Of this series, we will break it down for you on our next episode and we will look ahead to the Memorial Cup that heads out west. The host has been knocked out, they made yeah. it a lot further than the host did last year. Yeah, <laughs> so you're not looking at a very well rested, but they will be a little bit more rested than any champion that heads to the Memorial Cup. But that's a conversation for the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Again, apologies for the rant in segment one, but we had to had to get through that, had to discuss it, but uh, glad we finished on a high uh, previewing the OHL Championship Series in 2023. So um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed the playoffs up to this point, and we hope you enjoy the OHL Championship. Again, it's going to be sold out. Building tickets are going to be very limited. Standing room only wouldn't surprise me if that's the way it is right now. So um definitely look out if you want to make it to a game in the ohl championship so until next time for colin ward i'm reese demaney thanks so much for tuning in and we will chat again after the finals